0: He's becoming the real muscle-bound idiot caricature, you know, like, Mm wash your hands all the time, you know.
1: Today is Sunday, September 12th, 2021, time for episode 154 of the Barnhart Podcast. And it is episode 154, take three. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> we just we just said a couple of minutes ago this was take two because we tried on Friday night and we were over an hour into it and uh this wonderful application that I've been using of late called Clean Feed automatically reset on me and um it uh lost all the audio when that happened. So um tried again tonight and we were about five minutes into it and I realized I never hit record on Clean Feed again. I've got audio hijack going in the background and it's like, oh, I, I feel like, uh, Bubba from, from, the uh, Forest Gump saying, I'd know every way there is a screw up a podcast. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there, you know, don't, don't make me rename you super nerd. Um, you mean. <laughs> well, you know, the, 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 sermon this morning at church was all about humility. So, you know, maybe that would be a good thing. I don't know.
2: <laughs> no, no, you're, you're all good. You're all good. I, I am confident that take three, is is gonna be the one? So yep. yeah, yep.
1: <laughs> it, it's, it's gonna be bombshell. Yep, and this is part of this is part of why things are a little bit different on on my end. And I'll talk about this when we get to the end of the show, assuming nothing goes horribly wrong. But uh, we have uh, several people on board. We also have the ability now to play audio clips, um, as you can hear. Anne and I are on the show. We also have a nurse from. East of the Nurse Anesthetist from east of the Mississippi River, Nurse Claire is with us tonight. How are you doing, Nurse Claire?
3: Hi there. Yay. And Welcome we, back.
1: And as we had on Friday night, uh, Dr. Beep is joining us from someplace. I don't know if he's east or west of the Mississippi. He's south of the Mississippi, so he's he's somewhere <laughs> in the United the Mississippi. States. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good
0: one. <laughs> um, I am west of the Mississippi.
1: He is, he, uh, he's, he's north of the International Dateline. <laughs> and also, and also, joining us is Vanessa. She hasn't joined Yay. us for a while, and uh, we're going to be talking some political stuff here. So it's good Hello. to have uh, nurse, of, uh, not nurse, uh, Vanessa on, on the podcast as well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And as I mentioned uh, on the <laughs> take two a couple of minutes ago, um, yesterday was the 20th anniversary of the terrorist attacks of nine eleven. Um, I was joking, actually, seriously, I was thinking about, uh, stopping by in an Islamic center or mosque and, and pouring out a 40 on their driveway just to, um, you know, make, make a point that I find interesting. But honestly, I don't think anybody would have been around, but anyway, yeah. yeah, 20 years, I don't know that we've won much, but a lot of blood, a lot of treasure, a lot of time has been spent. And, um, yeah, we, we talked about Afghanistan last time and it's, it's not pretty at all, but what's even less pretty was the announcement on Thursday that um, our Sundowner in Chief made, essentially declaring war on everybody who said, I'm not gonna take this thing that's being called a vaccine that really isn't. And we've got a whole bunch of notes that we're gonna try to go through now the third time, and I've got recordings going everywhere, so it's gotta work this time. Um, Let's start with um, just setting the stage a little bit. We've talked in the past about the staffing situation in hospitals, and uh, Biden said this about what he calls the truth of what's going on with hospitals right now, all because
4: of the unvaxxed. The unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals, are overrunning emergency rooms and intensive care units, leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or pancreatitis or cancer
1: setting aside the question of whether there is such a thing as pancreatitis or whatever it was he said
2: pancreatitis what did he say pancreatitis Um, pancreatitis does Uh, exist
3: pancreatitis i'm not sure. pancreatitis yeah i think what
0: he said was pancreatitis that's what it sounded like pancreatitis i don't
2: That's pretty good for him,
0: actually. So I'm, I mean
1: I'm, I'm so proud of of him. Well, yeah. that was only four minutes into his talk. That shouldn't be surprised that the the Adderall hadn't worn off yet. But as yeah. for his assertion that the hospitals are actually being overrun by the unvaccinated, and that's why people can't get into the emergency rooms. Nurse Claire, I know you've got a lot to say about this. You've got notes. As Ann usually says, go girl.
3: Okay. So um we can break this down a couple ways. We can talk about the staff exodus, um, and we can talk about actual patient census. So, looking nationally, the I believe it's the hhs.gov website will give you a breakdown of the number of inpatient beds in the entire United States, the number that are occupied, and the number that are occupied by patients with COVID nineteen. Um. The national average is about 12%, maybe 13%. Um, there's different pockets of the U.S. that are having um, more COVID patients than others. Um, and I I do want to remind everybody, it's not necessary for you to have to be hospitalized. If you have COVID, this is a treatable illness. Um, mm-hmm. People are... are being made sick on purpose, because they're being denied effective treatment. But anyway, I digress. Um, People, 12% is not going to over overrun the hospital. The reason why patients are waiting ER wait times are phenomenal right now.
2: Well, Um, it's all the ivermectin, it's all the (laughs) ivermectin poisonings, right? I mean, um, the the, the gunshot no, victims in but, rural Oklahoma are, are being left untreated because of the ivermectin poisonings.
3: I mean, the lies. Talk about, I, I don't know, palling it high and deep. I, I, I don't even know what to say about the overt, um, just lies, unadulterated yeah. lies that are, are being peddled by the mainstream media. But um, the reason why people are stacked up in the ER waiting for an inpatient bed for 22 hours is because there's no nurses Mm -hmm. where I work. We can't get patients out of the operating room to the recovery room, not because there's the beds are full, but because there's no nurses, our recovery room is half empty, but there's no nurses so we're sitting in the OR, recovering patients in the operating room.
2: Um, now, why why aren't there any nurses at this point? Is it because a bunch of them have walked already, or is it because a bunch of them have just said, "I'm done. I'm retiring. I'm I'm quitting."
3: So, last year during the lockdown, during the first wave of COVID, that you know we had to flatten the curve. Um, <laughs> we flattened the curve by furloughing staff. Yeah. So a lot of those nurses just never came back. There was also a fair number of them that were eligible for early retirement and were offered early retirement in order to sort of thin the staffing because we didn't need them. And they left permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also a fair few that just decided they don't want to do this anymore. When you can go to McDonald's and make $22 an hour. Mm hmm. People in the hospital, scrub techs, um, housekeeping staff, those people are leaving because they're leaving for more money, better hours, less stress. Mm -hmm. They're taking these jobs like that, and and the hospital can't run. It's not just nurses, but it's the nursing support staff that's making a mass exodus as well. So the entire thing is collapsing, and I believe that that's – Purpose. I I think that's on purpose. Um, I think personally, this is just my opinion, but I think that we're living out um, the Cloward-Piven strategy. I I think that's being applied to healthcare. I think the intention is to to drive the system into the ground and purposely collapse it, and then rebuild it in this socialist model. Mm -hmm. Is my personal opinion. But the patients, the COVID patients, certainly exist. Um, and they are—they exist for a reason, which is they're being denied effective treatment. Right. And um, the nursing staff is
2: disappearing, so it's a perfect storm. It's a perfect storm. Okay. So, what about in terms of nurses and doctors, Nurse Claire, in your experience, who are getting ready to either uh, quit or be fired over the death injection?
3: the hospital system I work for has about a 72% compliance rate with the vaccine. Um, The friends and colleagues of mine who are unvaxxed, we're not bending. Mm -hmm. So when the hammer drops, we're leaving. Um, There will be another exodus of nursing staff and another exodus of medical staff and providers because The people who want to be vaccinated have already been vaccinated. The people that are open to the idea of being vaccinated have already been vaccinated. Those of us that remain are adamant and we're digging our heels in and we're not going to take this. So um, my advice to the listeners, if you need anything elective done right now, do it. Like do it yesterday. Teeth, Mm -hmm. eyeballs, any ortho stuff, whatever you need done. Because the collapse is imminent and it's coming. And, and and Biden just lit a fire under it with his yeah. mandate.
2: And so I think if I recall on our first recording of this, we talked about what a relatively small percentage of people it would be. To, to cause a, a cloud pivot type collapse I think a lot of people out there are thinking well you know it's it's not going to be anywhere near half or anything like this but I believe we talked the oh, other no. night about how few yeah. it would take right to to, to collapse the system yeah. do you want to speak to that we are or dr. beep go ahead
0: well I I, I don't want to interrupt I, I can actually I have a, an anecdote uh, that I know personally, I know, uh, I don't want to give too many details to give it all away about who these people are, but essentially these hospitals don't care. (laughs) And like you said, it doesn't take very many people. Sometimes within these departments, you know, say that you're the regional burn center for an entire region. Your hospital Mm -hmm. is the burn trauma ICU of a region. That, that means like there's no other place for these people to go. If they, Mm -hmm need your services a lot of these departments though are kind of held together you know with like wax and duct tape uh and like two or three key people um i have a friend who who works in in an, in a department kind of like this where it's there's two or three mid-level providers who literally allow them to keep running and to keep their accredi- accreditation and allow them to offer full services and they're the only hospital that offer this service within like a three state area and their hospital just decided to deny exemptions for a couple of these people and they're going to fire them. They're gone. Mm-hmm. And that's not, Oh, it's sad because people are out of a job. Those people right now, I mean, it sucks for them. They'll probably go find other jobs for now. Um, or just retire. I know some, a couple of them are, are, uh, you know, kind of long haulers, uh, but they're essentially decimating their own their own unit, their own uh, department completely. It's going to be completely hard broke, like not offering services and doubling the work of the people that are still there to provide whatever service they services they still are able to provide for now uh, until they all decide not to get their boosters, which I know is happening. That's going to happen. People mm-hmm. are not going to get these boosters. Some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the yeah, That's these, a good that's a good like point. It's like cutting off not, your nose to to spite your face and they're they okay not,
2: with it. It's not it's not just the 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 first two injections. There there is going to be a cohort of people who got the first two who said I'll 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 go along with this but are going to call BS on this every every few months yeah. nonsense which and is I'm, absolutely yeah. the plan so it is it isn't it isn't just right now what the numbers are right now there's a whole nother cohort of people yeah. that's going to start refusing the and i know
0: these people yeah. personally i know several physicians alone not all not just nurses and, and other folks too but physicians that are dead set on i will never take another one of those shots ever mm-hmm. uh and and they all got it early on when it first came out. Like, hey, I'm pa- let's be team players. Let's try to end this pandemic all together. Hoorah! You know we're heroes. And and now they've come to realize it was all a lie, and we're not going to do it again.
2: Yep.
3: If I could just also chime in, um, mm-hmm. Toyota pioneered this just-in-time staffing model years back, and probably around the time of the Obama care push. Um, healthcare providers started adopting the same model, and we saw staffing cuts um, around probably two thousand nine, two thousand ten. So we are chronically understaffed, or or running like a, a, a bare minimum of staff in the first place, and it's only going to take an eight to ten percent walkout among the nursing staff over this vaccine mandate to totally decimate the system um so people need to also understand we're not we don't have an abundance of nurses we're we're already short-staffed we're short-staffed at baseline because they do this just-in-time staffing model anyway and then to drive any more of those people out the door it is not going to take much Mm -hmm. yep
0: now. Yeah, I mean, I, the nurses have been abused for years, and I, I remember them complaining about this years ago to me as a as a student or as a resident, and a lot of these people, especially ICU and, and even the med surge floor nurses, years ago were like, man, we are way understaffed, we're being abused, the hospital's full, we've got patients in the hallway, we're not getting pay raises, they fire us for anything and everything. So that's been going on, yeah, for a long time. And now, after all this nonsense with being abused during COVID and all this, it they're just not playing anymore.
1: Yep. Super nerd, what were you going to say? I was going to say the the people, setting aside the the people who have left already and have left uh, the whether it's critical burn units or other other units short staffed, it's the fact that the people who are left, whether they get the jab or not are getting so overworked and in some cases getting shredded bonuses because they exhibit a uh, bad bedside manner because they're overworked and they're going to finally say the heck with it. This is too this is not worth it anymore. And they'll go do something else. They'll be they'll be forced out, pushed out, um, had it fed up, and had enough for entirely different reasons.
4: Mm-hmm. So this
1: is they're they're burning the candle on both ends here. And as um, Nurse Clara says, just cutting staff anyway because they think, oh, we're going to be like a car maker, even though healthcare and cars are two totally different things and yes there's probably some things you can learn from from efficiency unfortunately they're probably not cutting middle management where they really need to cut it but they're cutting exactly they're cutting you're
2: paying you're paying michelle obama or or that ilk four hundred thousand dollars a year for a no show no work um our system
3: our system has a chief diversity officer Mm. whose job it is um is to go around and give uh little PowerPoint presentations on how to be nice to people, especially the LGBTQI, M-O-U-S-E community, um, and ensure that we're compliant in our diversity training. So yeah, that's, we could do a whole podcast on what actually drives up the cost of healthcare. And it's that type of nonsense. Um, yeah. But I digress.
2: Yep. Now, let's talk about um what you you two guys are seeing on the ground in terms of percentage of people who are occupying beds, uh, being untreated, <laughs> attempting attempting to be killed. Um how many of those people have been injected? Nurse Claire?
3: Um I would say it's around 50/50. Mm-hmm. Um This is definitely not a pandemic of the unvaccinated, whatever. I don't know where that sound clip is of our illustrious president. But the unvaccinated are not the only people getting sick. There are some for sure. But the vaccinated are definitely in the hospital, definitely on ventilators, and definitely dying. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to note how the definition of vaccinated has changed. Um, oh, yeah. That's a good I point. Mean, yeah. <laughs> that, that's not something that I'm really able to even get a handle on because no one will admit to it. What are you who are you defining as unvaccinated? Is it people whose vaccine happened in December and January when this rolled out? And they're now considered, you know, eight months post-vax. And so they're no longer, are you considering them unvaccinated? They haven't had a third booster. Mm-hmm. Are you counting people who only had one vaccine, one dose? Are you counting people who are less than 14 days post um, second jab? No, one will, no one's willing to answer this. They just want to peddle these numbers. It's the unvaccinated, the unvaccinated. Well, what is the unvaccinated?
2: Well, if they define it, then that makes it all the more difficult to keep perpetually moving the goalposts on everyone, which is which is ultimately what it's all about. Right? It's yeah. It's like anti Pope Bergoglio. Don't define anything so that you can keep changing everything and and take away that clarity. Obviously, um, Dr. Beep, what are you seeing?
0: So uh, fortunately for me, I graduated and I'm no longer in the hospital and I'm working on a uh, sort of an alternative career path outside of the hospital, uh, looking at something that's kind of like a cash only practice because Medicare, Medicaid insurance, they're not going to be paying anybody uh, in the very near future if they're not vaccinated. So I'm I'm looking down the road trying to prepare for that. But I stay in very close contact with people that are in the hospital, and I ask a lot of questions because I'm I'm very curious. The hospital is is busy, but the hospital is is always busy. It's often been busy in the past, and like we talked about earlier, uh, it's all relative. You know, if you have ten nurses on a floor when you should have fifteen or twenty. You're going to be pretty busy, but mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've heard people talk about, oh, almost everyone is, is unvaccinated. But I talked to these folks that are on the ground, taking care of patients, doing the the history and physical when they, when they come in. So they actually ask the questions and they actually know, um, they, you know, I talked to, I've talked to people that say, oh, it's about 50, 50, 60, 40, you know, it's, it's not. A pandemic, quote unquote, which not it isn't even a pandemic any, anymore. It's now endemic right. everywhere in the world, uh, but it's not a, a, an illness of the unvaccinated. These vaccines are garbage, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and it's becoming more and more obvious. But they're still clinging to the to the old lies. But yeah, no, it from what I have heard and what I have seen previously, um, that's all. It's all nonsense. Yep. Yep.
2: All right, super nerd. Well, actually, actually, I think at this point, this is where we pivot into Nurse Claire and refreshing us on going going back 10 years to when we were all still watching Glenn Beck when he hadn't gone completely cuckoo pants. And he, you know, the Glenn Beck show about 10 years ago when he was on Fox News, that was kind of must-see TV for a while. He, and he was the one who exposed the Cloward-Piven strategy. Now, Nurse Claire, I know you have an entire, you have a presentation on the Cloward-Piven strategy. Oh,
3: goodness. Well, I mean, this is information for the taking. All you have to do is Google search this, but Cloward and Piven, Cloward-Piven, that's two different people. Richard cloward And Francis Fox Piven, they were sociology professors at Columbia University in the 1960s. So they were Marxists, obviously. Obviously. (laughs) Yes. Like, but what they they devised this scheme um, in order to collapse the welfare system. They decided that people who were eligible for welfare were not receiving adequate benefits. And so they wanted to collapse the system by overwhelming it so they did a, a an enrollment drive to get more people to sign up for welfare and completely collapse the local and state budget that would then necessitate the federal government getting involved in completely overhauling the system so they have this idea this bolshevik notion of collapsing something, collapsing a system, an industry, whatever, in order to rebuild it in their socialist model. Mm-hmm. And I firmly believe that this is what we're seeing in multiple aspects of society right now. This build mm-hmm. back better Um <laughs> I'm sure the listenership has heard of that, but I think that this strategy is being applied in order to collapse and destroy certain aspects of our economy so that it can be built back in a a Marxist, socialist, communist, whatever model.
2: Absolutely, um, and I think I think there's a significant number of people in the listenership right now saying, "Ooh, ooh, ooh!" And tell, remind them what the what the uh, motto of Freemasonry is. Oh, and yes, it's it's Ab Chaos Ordine, from chaos order.
1: That uh, was the motto of Vatican II, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: sorry, that's the second o- half. On-
2: only at the private parties, dear. Only at the private parties. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think this also
3: necessitates. Pointing out to people, we can see what's happening. We can see that this is all by design. Mm-hmm. Beware of the person who arrives on the scene with all the answers yep. and all the solutions. The chaos is going to escalate. It's going to get worse. Yep. But beware of the person, the the Trumpian type, um, who who comes up with with the solutions and offers all the answers because. Mm-hmm. I I don't know about you, but I firmly suspect, I guess, that the stage is being set for the
2: Antichrist to emerge. Yes. Abs- oh, absolutely. Because its it's said in prophecy that the Antichrist will show up on the scene and will offer the solution to a seemingly impossible, insurmountable global problem. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the definition of this. And it's it's a, it's a weird position to be in, because you're sitting here and of course, everybody who's sane wants this to be wants this to go away wants this to stop want this to be resolved, obviously. But we're put in the position where we're being set up so that when someone comes along and says, oh, I can I can fix this, that we then, ironically enough, have to be composed enough and have our wits about us enough that we don't just instantly fall for it. And it's it's, you know, being weird. It's a weird, cynical Jaded, sort of a way to be, but I, I think it, the way our Lord put it in Scripture is be be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. You know, don't don't fall for whoever comes along, especially if they're young, attractive, political leader, something like that. Because I, I agree with Nurse Claire. I mean, between anti Pope Bergoglio probably being the false prophet forerunner of the Antichrist and this whole situation, the absolute perfect setup in terms of a seemingly insurmountable global problem. Um I mean it, it seems pretty clear at this point that um if you're not thinking thoughts related to the end times and taking this extremely seriously Um, And in the same vein, especially amongst amongst trad Catholics, you need to be really, really careful about people who are saying, oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, these conspiracy theorists. Oh, that's just that's just ridiculous. You know, blowing all of this stuff off. I mean, good grief. You've got to be you've got to be you know doped up or something and apparently some of them actually are you've got to be doped up at this point to not be able to to at least see a rough outline and be very suspicious and have your head on a swivel. Yeah. if you can't kind
0: of if you can't uh, smell the, the wafting fumes of sulfur, like I said mm. the other night, mm-hmm. uh, at this point your, your 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 olfactory senses aren't working. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about this whole sort of um, this solve et coagula sort of uh, satanic way of breaking things down. You know, this problem reaction solution sort of Bolshevik way of mm-hmm. doing things. Like, hey, we. You know, we're sinking the boat, but hey, we have these beautiful life rafts that we all built. Um, I've been looking at this, you know, just the fact that we have Joe Biden in the in the in the White House and this handling of Afghanistan actually has it's obviously bad. This is beyond incompetent. It's beyond uh, having a different way of doing things. This is bad on purpose. Um, And look at at Francis Bergoglielder. (laughs) <laughs> he, I can't even say his name.
1: I think he, you said it perfectly. I think <laughs> yeah. that's
0: exactly how you're supposed to say it. I know that's how Biden probably says it. But yeah. they are they are intentionally bad. They yes. are they're unbearably bad. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it that is part of that whole scheme as well. Uh, you know, by the time Biden has been in for a year, the the American people will be they'll vote for anybody. Yep. Let alone a good-looking smooth-talking dude who comes on the scene with the answers. Yep. And it's going to be the same with the I think with the Pope. I think that there's going to be we got I, I maybe not, but we have to be on on guard because after these bozos, these obviously terrible bozos get done, we're going to be ready to support anybody who can string a sentence together.
2: Well, I mean, this is what happened in Germany. Hitler Hitler rose to power pretty much solely because of the Treaty of Versailles and just the organized, malicious destruction of the German economy and the chaos that came out of that. Um, I, I don't think that that he would have gotten a second look if it weren't for the fact that people were so profoundly desperate. I, we've talked about this on, on financial episodes of the Bernhardt podcast, where People don't realize during (laughs) my my favorite um, Weimar Germany inflation story um, is that a guy you got paid money was so worthless that you had to like haul your money around in a wheelbarrow. Okay, so you get paid, you immediately put your money in your wheelbarrow. And go to the market and buy as much and spend all of it on food immediately, as fast as you can, because it's losing it's losing value that quickly. Um, inflation is measured by the hour, not by the year, literally. And so, a guy fills up his wheelbarrow, runs to the market. He's he leaves his his wheelbarrow sitting in front of a store, he goes into a store and says, I'm buying this, 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 and this. He comes back out. Someone has, has knocked over the wheelbarrow, dumped all of the money out on the street, left the money there, and took the wheelbarrow. That, that And that's a true story. That is what was going on in Weimar, Germany. And that's why Hitler happened. So... And it's also why Mussolini happened in Italy and all kinds of other things. It's just example after example after example of people getting desperate and just losing any sense of um, of appropriateness in terms of uh, selecting leadership, you know? And remember, all leaders, when it comes down to it, um, they, they are operating to a certain extent with the consent of the governed and you can even say that about North Korea And that's why when you look at just war theory um, Ultimately people are responsible For their for their government on a on a very deep level and so when you get into just war theory you can be saying Well, yeah, if, the, if these people don't rise up and overthrow this then they've got it coming collectively and i think americans really 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 need to stop and think about that because you know 600 million long guns god only knows how many rounds of ammunition and ain't nobody doing nothing about any of this and there's no, there is absolutely no indication whatsoever that anyone is going to do anything about any of this so, Nurse Claire, you you could you could give you have a rant about the the impotence of the so called Second Amendment crowd. Oh,
3: jeez, yeah, you really want me to get started on that? I mean, I pulled into a Walmart one day and parked between two giant pickup trucks with their big wheels and their NRA bumper stickers and all their camo, this, that, and whatever. I went into this super Walmart and was the only person in there without a mask. Mm -hmm. So I thought, are you guys just LARPers? Yes. Like, do you just go to the range on Saturday mornings and throw a bunch of money down range so you can walk around and feel like a man? But when it comes to actually doing something, you're just... I don't know. That is that is exactly stickers on correct. your truck. Yes. That I was is exactly the only, correct. I, yeah. like I'm a mom. I, I I'm a middle aged mother of children and I'm not putting a mask on to walk into Walmart. And these guys in there with their their Trump hats on and their camo shirts and their NRA stickers, they're all masked up. Yep. Come on, guys.
4: Really, Gay. come on, man.
0: Gay. Yay. Sorry. 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 Sometimes sometimes I revert to a very immature person. <laughs> <laughs> that that
1: reminds um, me, thanks. Nurse Claire, that talk, talk about the people who are, you know, LARPing and you, why are they all masked up? The, the weirdest example of this I saw was at um, probably I think it was a Sam's Club locally and somebody wearing a Trump mask. This was before the election. And I said, why are you wearing that? And I said, to show off you know, my stance. And I said, I was pointing to my face without a mask. And I said, this is my Trump mask.
3: Uh-huh. You should be
1: doing the same thing.
3: Exactly. Uh-huh. Yep. Well said. <laughs> and I will remind everyone, as we talked about the last time I was on, in this era where faces are taboo and you are being told to cover your face, our Lord is asking you, to honor His holy face mm-hmm. as the antidote to all of this nonsense.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep, it's an attack. Mass covering people's faces is an attack against the incarnation of our Lord itself. That's Satan's like ultimate um, that's his agenda in the whole cover your face thing, whether it's, whether it's in the context of musloids or whether it's in the context of this. And it's fascinating. I mean, with every passing day, the matrix by which you can compare Islam to this, and they're clearly just taking the Islamic model and then, you know, mapping everything onto this between face coverings, um, dimitude, you know, the unvaxxed are dimmies now. Um, and they, and the unvaxxed have to pay a tax. Um, the unvaxxed have no rights. The unvaxxed are second class citizens who do not have access to services, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the whole thing between Islam and this maps exactly, and I've been saying this now for over a decade, that Marxism and Islam go hand in hand, and they're each using each other the way that early on Hitler and Stalin were using each other. They they were in a false alliance with each other, both of them having exactly the same plan, that when the time was right, that they would... They were each both planning to to break the treaty and then attack the other one. They both had exactly the same mindset, and it's the same thing with Islam and Marxism. They think that they're using each other, but both are planning to turn on each other and take over everything when the time is ripe. So, yeah.
1: You you mentioned uh, vaxxed versus unvaxxed in the same sense of the Islamic society of the Islamists and the Demis. How about just in all the conversation going on right now, but vaxxed and unvaxxed change unvaxxed to Jews in 1930 Germany and see how that rings around.
2: Oh, absolutely. You can, you can pull up. In fact, I've been trying to find, and I think it was, I think they were Lenny Wiefenstahl propaganda films. Um, but they're, they're harder and harder to find. I think YouTube is, is scrubbing them. Um, where they they had the World War II propaganda films where they were going after the Jews, everything is the fault of the Jews, Um, the economic problems are the fault of the Jews. They literally used imagery of like a huge pile of rats teeming on each other, saying that Jews were unclean and calling them vermin. You can go through... If you were to go through, for example, Biden's um, Thursday declaration of war, um, go through the whole thing and just change unvaccinated for Jews. And it sounds exactly, precisely like the rhetoric that was going on in Germany in the early to, well, throughout the 1930s, it was going on throughout the 1930s, setting it up, setting the whole thing up, the, the seething, contemptuous hatred blame this group of people for absolutely everything and that's another that's another trick of of marxism you know you got to have an enemy you got to have somebody who's the enemy and i was reading something earlier today um you know with it was stalin he at at a certain point he had killed just almost everybody around him and he was like lamenting that, okay, we need. I need to create more enemies. I need there always has to be, there always has to be this enemy that you keep people focused on, and so that's exactly what's playing out right now. I mean, it's all, it's all prophesied, and none of us should be surprised. Now, I want to bring um, Vanessa in here because, as everyone remembers, Vanessa is ethnically Jewish and a convert so what what is your sense as you look at this do you has anything has have any bells gone off in your head
5: um I mean you know unfortunately the uh, the Holocaust was so traumatic to my grandmother who survived it that there wasn't really talk in the house about it so I mm. can't really her personal stories to what I'm seeing today. But obviously, we've seen what's going on in social media, people sharing different um, materials from the time, and you're like, whoa, um, that's extremely similar. But yeah, it's that same kind of scapegoating feel, um, the same, um, you know, something that you can't change, right? So you can't change your ethnicity like that. But also, this is a moral choice for many of us that we can't change, we can't betray our Lord. So yeah, it's that, that kind of feeling of being scapegoated for something that you know, you shouldn't be scapegoated for, but um, yeah, very disturbing, very disturbing. But what's
2: weird is that with this and so many people, you see so many anecdotes and I, my email box is just filled with these emails from people saying, this this is my own family. My, my own family has told me that I'm out, I'm no longer welcome, they don't want me around. Um, people being given ultimatums, e- either you do this or you're never coming to any holiday celebration. You're never going to be around our parents again. It's, it's, you know, with the Jews, it was like this, okay, you've got this ethnic group and you've isolated it there. This is some next level satanic stuff, man, because it's, it's inside the house. It's inside people's own families that, that this is, that this is happening. And, Again, it's extremely sad, but we can't be surprised because our Lord, I think more than once in the Gospels, made mention of the fact that this is going to involve first-degree family members going at each other up to the point of first-degree family members delivering each other up to death. Um, So Mm -hmm. you, you you can't be surprised by this. You can't, and I know this is going to sound really, really hard, but you can't be scandalized by it. Remember scandal. Scandal is when something happens that causes people to either um, incites people to commit sins themselves, but by example, or um, in this case, more germane, is when something happens that causes people to lose their faith. Now... Yeah, I mean, people could be absolutely devastated realizing that their closest family members have actually, that they're all along their entire family relationship, that they, I assume most people thought that their family relationships were stable and secure, actually haven't been all this time. That, that, is, a, tr- that is a tremendously traumatizing thing, absolutely. However, also remember what I believe it was St. Francis de Sales said about scandal, the person who who gives scandal, who commits scandal, yeah, he's a murderer, but the person who allows themselves to be scandalized commits suicide. So don't go there you've got you've got to think your way through this. You have to look at this in the broad context, the historical context, and yes, absolutely. I think it is helpful, helpful, and edifying to people to think about, contemplate and look at the fact that this, this is probably um, what I refer to as the run up to the big show. And if, if you put it into that context, you, you can say, all right, whew, I, I at least have a, a, a framework of what's going on here and how big this is and how serious this is. And it's so big and so serious that scripture is filled with what are now becoming pretty obvious references to it. Therefore, okay, I'm not going to be scandalized by this. There, There's a comfort in the truth. There's a comfort in just knowing what's going on, which is why the people who are constantly poo-pooing everyone as a quote-unquote conspiracy theorist, it's um, that, that's, that's really bad business. It's a species of gaslighting and it's feeding people into being, to being scandalized because if they think that this is completely normal and nothing's going on, but wait, wait a minute, my first degree family members have just stabbed me in the back and thrown me out of the family, but I'm not allowed to think that there's any macro level dynamics happening here. That's, um, that's pretty irrational and that's, that's hard to reconcile. So, dismount soapbox.
5: Well, in in a related vein, I guess, combining what you asked me with what you just said, um, my father, who is the son, direct son of a Holocaust survivor, he immigrated here from Russia in the 1970s, um, post-war Russia, came here for opportunity for the American dream. He knew how desolate it was there he was one of the first to get the vax and he, we were we're somewhat estranged. So I'm getting this information from a a mutual family member. But if, if someone like my father can't see that, Mm -hmm. then that to me was a data point that just really sunk, you know, in my stomach because I would think he would be the first person to say, this is really strange. Um, So that's, what's been really, really interesting is just to see like the power of this demonic trance yeah. that just has to be coming from our media and the and just like you've said and it's, it's that opportunity to virtue signal that people who have these really empty lives it's like here's mm-hmm. this big opportunity to atone and yes. um yeah. Be, yeah it's like you said it's it's the religious you know it's its own religion and the yep. adherents are coming out of the woodwork
2: yep absolutely and that that actually brings up another conversation i had not too long ago and I get this question sometimes in my email box but this came up in a in a personal conversation and the person said what what in the hell is going on in Israel okay 90% of them have been double injected i think it's about 30% of them now have been triple injected they're have they're allegedly their hospitals are full and you know they're they're going to be locked down and all this and the question is what, what in the hell are the what are the Jews doing? It seems like they're just they're just full in on this. They're they're bound and determined. It looks like to exterminate themselves. And I, I hasten to remind uh, the person that I was talking to, and Vanessa, maybe you can back me up on this. But the the um, the stereotype of the self loathing Jew is like like most stereotypes. It's rooted in truth remember, nobody hates the Jews more than the Jews hate the Jews. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. Um, There's a really, there's a terrible self-loathing dynamic. And interestingly, a lot, if you you see like neo-Nazi stuff online a lot of the people who are online who are spouting, you know, neo-Nazi stuff and, and I think actually believe it, um, a shocking percentage of those people are ethnically Jewish who for whatever reason have decided that they hate, that they hate other Jews. There's a lot of, um, anti, (laughs) anti anti-Semitic, um, anti-Jewish, um, propaganda and activity that's actually done by by Jews. And I don't mean Jews who are going in and, and, and stirring and, and doing any of that. I'm talking about Jews who actually for some reason have determined that they hate other Jews and that the Jewish race should be exterminated. I know there was one guy who was stalking me about 10 years ago, and I found him and everything. And it turns out um, he he was a he's a Jew in California, um, and the reason that he, he came up on my on my radar is after the Quran burning, he started sending me pornographic emails describing how he wanted to rape me, and he knew I was a and he knew I was a crypto Jew uh, allegedly, and that his his whole fa- pornographic fetish was raping Jewish women. And so, you know, this obviously gets my attention, and I—it was very easy to backtrack and find him. And I figured out what had happened. This guy was a—it was and is a total and complete loser, porn addict. Um, I found, you know, I, you could find him online based off of his off of his email address. He's a porn addict, absolute loser. Um, I think only child of wealthy Jews. Um, somewhere in, uh, north of Los Angeles or something. And, um, his mother died and she bought him. I I was able to find all of this. She bought him a very small house, but left the rest of her estate to, she gave a donation to a children's orchestra. She gave all these donations to all these, you know, philanthropic things. And of course she gave money to her, to her, um, synagogue or whatever. And so this guy had determined that um, the Jews were the enemy because they stole his inheritance. It wasn't the fact that his mother cut, basically cut him out because he was a porn addicted, absolute loser, despicable human being. It was the Jews. See, he had to have he had to have that to blame. And so he he's just this. Everything was anti-Semitic. Everything was about raping, raping Jewish women or women. I guess like me that he fantasized was a Jew. You know, so, sorry to disappoint you, but not not a drop, as far as I know. Um, and so, I mean, it's it's a it's a really weird dynamic. Did you did you ever encounter any of that self-loathing Jew dynamic when you were growing up or anything like that?
5: Um. Yeah. So I guess I have some thoughts on this. The, the first thing I'll say though is you have to be Jewish, and you're good with money. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's, see, it's, I can make a Jew jokes right now.
2: <laughs> it's the backhanded compliment. They would say, right, "Well, yeah. she she's really smart, so she has to be a Jew." Like, well, uh, what do you say to that? Uh, thank you. I I think you know. I don't know. So yeah, go ahead. I
5: would say with with the self loathing. So I remember one of the most shocking uh, videos I'd, I'd ever seen was this was back when sixty minutes was legitimate. They interviewed, oh, it was George Soros himself, I want to say. And, you know, Soros being Jewish, ethnically Jewish during the war helped, I believe it was launder um, art from the high society Jews who were being thrown into the camps. So when we talk about the self-loathing of Jews, I think that it goes both ways. I think that sometimes there's this idea that Jews always take care of their own and they all stick together and then there's other examples where just because they're humans like everybody else, they'll throw some of their own under the bus. So, I, I, you know, I think with everyone, it can go both ways. I will say something that's interesting that maybe is inside baseball in the Jewish world is there is a hierarchy. So you have the Kahanim and the Levi uh, descended Jews who mm-hmm. I, I would say enjoy a social caste status within Jewish communities. Um, yeah. So there is that kind of rhetoric, and then they hold. I would say this is you know this is a generalization, but it, but it can be true. They hold contempt for those that are not of the upper class priestly case who come from that lineage and they hold contempt for those who are not Jewish. The the term goyim or guys comes from, from goyim non Jew. So this is a whole nother psychological rabbit hole. You could totally go down. Um, And I think with the, with the self-loathing thing, what you were mentioning specifically, I think with every minority group, you know, there's the stereotypes against them. They grow up hearing that maybe this is in the African-American community in the Jewish community, the Asian community, whatever, and in a weird way, they internalize it and think if they can be part of the name-calling, they can win themselves back favor. I, you know, I wasn't a psych major. I'm an armchair one, but um, that's my best guess. Um, but I will say with with Israel, I have heard that the some of the very orthodox conservative rabbis are not getting vaccinated from the pro-life standpoint that they that they still hold there against the vax. And so I'd be very interested to know, and I think this is what's really been stressful for everybody is the blackout of information across the spectrum on everything, not just the vaccinations, but also politics and do conservatives still like Trump and and, this and that. And I'm really curious to see in Israel are the Orthodox Jewish leaders that are, that are not taking the vax What's happening to them? Um, you know, who's really in control here? In in that regard, is it more the mid, the midstream conservative, um, you know, Jews? I don't know. I mean, it's really hard to find this information with everything that's going on.
2: Well, who's in control of Israel is atheist Jews. You know, Netanyahu and the, all, all of that political class—they're all atheists and they despise mm-hmm. um, Jews who actually believe in a deity at all. Um, so yeah, they hate the Orthodox and, oh, 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 I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's not pretty for the Orthodox in, in Israel itself. It's, it's probably about the same for them or worse than it is for us. And like you said, we're, we're never going to hear about it. So Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. Well, super nerd, do you have more audio clips for us? I think you do.
1: I need to unmute myself first. Um, Yes. (laughs) I feel, I feel like I'm on a a business call all of a sudden where somebody asks a question and uh, I was like, "Um, Hey dude, unmute yourself. Um, Yeah. We were talking about uh, just classes of people, one versus another. And um, um, we talked about this before on on a previous podcast. It's no longer about individuality. It's about group identity. And um, you know, the, the idea that, um, Uh, the the Sundowner-in-Chief, his patience is wearing thin. So let's hear a little bit of uh, class warfare coming from the the White House.
4: My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. What more is there to wait for? What more do you need to see? We've made vaccinations free, safe, and convenient. The vaccine has FDA approval. Over 200 million Americans have gotten at least one shot. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. I'm not sure what our refusal
1: has cost anybody other than the fact that we're not generating more um, variants and and shedding Mm -hmm. prions and things like that, but Mm -hmm. it's class warfare all over again.
2: And uh, boy, he really, really, really sounds like a child molester trying to talk a five year old into his windowless van, you know, that that, that creepy whispering um you've, you you have other vaccinated. Clips. Yeah, get vaccinated.
1: Get, I was saving that one van. for later, but yeah.
2: Get in the van. <laughs> get in the van. <laughs> eat, eat, eat the apple. Eat the apple. Yeah. Get in the van. Get vaccinated. What, super nerd, there you have the the whispery one, don't you?
1: I do, but i I, I want to talk about. I want to highlight one more thing he said there. We, you know, I mentioned earlier the whole question of um, whether or not the a term was correct or whether he tripped over it. Did you catch this when he said it? The vaccine is FDA approval. The vaccine is FDA approval. It, it approval. is FDA
0: approval. Okay. <laughs> well, he, just everything he says there is just so disgusting. I mean. To break it down, I mean, what more do you need to see? I don't know, uh, like five more years of actual <laughs> right. science happening, you know, before I put in a pharmaceutical product in my in my body. I mean, sterilizing can we, can we
2: immunity about, would be yeah. cool. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, spitball spitballing. Yeah, actually, balling.
0: actually f- a functioning vaccine, you know, would be would be kind of cool. Nineteen-year-old you know, th- boys
2: not having heart attacks, you know. I mean that yeah, that would you be know, cool. Twenty-year-old yeah. girls
0: not not dying on the table in front of us. Uh, people coming in with clots, you know. Thalidomide comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, you know, and and kind of backing up and talking to to the uh, to our healthcare professionals out there. Do we treat any other disease or any other pharmaceutical product like this? Our, nope. We spend billions every year on diabetics alone. It's a very, yeah. tre- very easily treated disease. The, the medications are all but free. We don't threaten them. We don't f- tell these people they're you're costing all of us. What are you waiting for? Get your blood sugar under control. Take your metformin. What's wrong with you? We don't do that.
1: You could yeah, actually we respect their. You could actually lose your okay. license for bad uh, oh. bedside manner and and for I mean, fat, yeah, shaming or it, or it, fat shaming or criticizing people. Absolutely,
0: yeah. yep. You know and it, you know do we do we treat AIDS patients like this? No, we spend five thousand dollars a month treating them after they get AIDS because they had unprotected uh, receptive sex. Many with many different <laughs> partners at truck stops and beyond dumpsters. You know, barf, if you,
2: if, if, yeah, but
0: do, do we do we do this with any other pharmaceutical product or any other medical uh, issue ever? No. no if someone's
3: not. diagnosed with cancer, ridiculous. if someone is diagnosed with cancer, they're given options. We don't force them to take chemotherapy. I mean, this yeah. is forced medical treatment is unethical. We don't do this. But yet, here we are. Here we are.
0: Yeah. And not just treatment. I mean, it this is, you know, experimental. Risk. There's no, yeah, there's no there's no risk benefit analysis allowed. There's no, I mean, in one there's case no I know immunity. a guy is about to lose his job because he has a medical condition. His own doctors told him do not get the vaccine and he is being denied an exemption for it and being fired from his job. 100 yeah. 100% Man. There's just it, no logic at all out.
2: And it isn't just uh, just vis-a-vis the death injection, it's also the the militant withholding of ivermectin and the other treatments that are effective. And you I mean obviously ivermectin is the big one, but that's the one in the news. But do, do does anyone ever before do, done what is being done to ivermectin? How, how does this jibe with, you know, thousands of years of human history and medicine being practiced? Someone comes along and says, hey, dude, I, I think this this might work over here. And everybody goes to war and says, absolutely not. Nobody will be permitted to even try or talk about this other thing over here that." is showing promising results. I mean, this is, it is totally unprecedented. It is well, it, unadulterated it, lies. Yes.
0: Yep, absolutely, and even if it wasn't showing promise, we know ivermectin has been given, billions of doses have been given all mm-hmm. over the world, and it, we know it's a safe medication. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you drink a gallon of it, it'll kill you, probably, or make you super sick, or you'll be vomiting violently, but even if it showed zero promise, what is the harm of allowing people? Yep. You know, there there's there's talk of pharmacists not filling it when people have gotten prescriptions. There's stories well, of that's doctors a fact. not giving it. Yep. Yeah, there's doctors not giving it in hospitals when there's literal court orders telling them to do so. Yep. You know, what is why is it so bad? We know it's not harmful. So what is the harm? It's a yep. you know, the hail mary pass, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We don't do this with any, anything else, you know. If I have a patient with knee pain, and I say, hey, you know, you might need to do this, this or this, or maybe surgery down the line. And they say, hey, can I take this glucosamine and chondroitin? You know, I've read the studies that there's not great evidence, but I'm not going to tell them, oh, absolutely not. You're an idiot. I'll fire you as a patient if you take this. Exactly. Yep. I say, yeah, well, you know, maybe it'll help. Who, who knows? I don't know. But it
2: can't it can't hurt. It's exactly. Well, th- th- I mean, the there's a news story going around. A gentleman just died um, within the past week. And he, he, this this is what makes absolutely no sense. So the doctors are saying he's he's 24 hours from death. He's going to die. Okay, if you're telling the family he is going to die, he's in the last 24 hours of his life. At that point, why in the hell wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you give him ivermectin? What what could possibly possibly be the rationale or justification at that point for not at not at least trying and you know this is this is a very valid anecdote because there are people who have been in a situation where the doctors were telling the family this is the last 24 hours of dad's life here come in and say your goodbyes and 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 in earlier days, someone convinced somebody to give dad some ivermectin with a 24 hour death window being the propaganda and dad walked out of the hospital 72 hours later, um, the, the, there, it makes no sense, no logical sense, no moral sense, none. That if, if you're saying somebody is going to die, what, what harm would it do? Even if it doesn't do anything what what harm would it do? That's what's and the fact that people can't see that and that apparently a massive percentage of doctors can't see how irrational immoral and completely unprecedented that is that that militant withholding of these drugs is just it's stupefying
1: well there's there's two things there it's First, it's an offense against your peer group because real doctors don't uh, administer ivermectin. In fact, we can go back to the a, a brief clip from uh, Biden talking about this.
4: We're increasing the availability of new medicines recommended by real doctors, not conspiracy conspiracy <laughs> theorists.
1: Now, setting aside the fact he can't pronounce conspiracy, anybody who's going to say, "Why don't you try ivermectin?" Want him? We we've run out of options. There's nothing we can do to treat. You're expecting this case at this point. We think you probably are going to die in the next 24 hours. Let's start trying off-label stuff. Let's try hydroxychloroquine. Let's try ivermectin. Let's try anything. No, you're gonna be guilty of wrongthink at that point, and you will you'll be in danger of losing your license. And if you don't lose your license, you definitely are out of the club.
2: You're not a real doctor. I mean that's that's hardcore propaganda right there. You're not a real doctor. Ugh.
0: Yeah, they're, they're they're applying this pressure very hard on the few doctors that are left standing. Uh, you know, most doctors seem to be totally on board with this. I think some of them are going to start coming around. I'm seeing it a little bit. Uh, but, you know, when you have $500,000 $500, in debt uh, and you've been in this system for 15, 20, 30 years, it's really hard for you to see past the. The medical journals, uh, but I know someone who uh, just recently was told, uh, if officially by hospital administration, hey, you—we hear that you've been peddling misinformation about the vaccine. Um, you might want to be careful. And they sent her that FSMB uh, licensing thing, where they're they're going to be going after people's licenses for spreading misinformation. And this this is a person who I know is extremely intelligent and has just been. You know, voicing this same skepticism we are, Uh, but yeah, she's not a. They're not. We're not real doctors. You know. Yeah. We we just have concerns and skepticism, but that really is just we're just conspiracy theory theorists.
2: Well, you know, Jews aren't real humans, and we, you aren't real doctors, and we aren't real people. That that's where this is going. It's dehumanizing. It's a. It's a. It's one sure step. On the path to dehumanizing people as a justification for um, taking away all of their rights, incarcerating yeah. them, and eventually, if this is left to go on, it will go to where they start executing people. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And and you know this isn't the end game. This is part of the end game. This mm-hmm. is setting up. This is this is uh, allowing them to institute changes that the average person right now is like, oh, well, I'm vaccinated, whatever. I'm not a part of this. Well, guess what? The next thing is going to be for you. You know. Yep. Uh, well,
3: I would also say to all of you people out there who are vaccinated, today's vaccinated are tomorrow's unvaccinated. Exactly. Because the third booster is already here. It's only being given to those who are immunosuppressed and high risk and whatever. But very soon it will be offered across the board to everyone. And also now Israel is actually looking at dose number four. Four. Yep. So if you're vaccinated and you think that you are magically protected against this apartheid, that the mm-hmm. system of apartheid that we're creating, guess again.
0: Yeah. And I wonder what people are going to do. You know, I know a good number of people who had really serious uh, reactions to the first shot or the second shot. How often are they, how okay are they going to be with that, you know, every five months booster that they're trying to push? It's going to become pretty unbearable pretty quick for a lot of people, I think. Well,
3: let, let's just, because I think, um, I haven't been seeing this posted to social media, so I think people have kind of, it's fallen off the radar. So let's just recap real quick here, okay? VAERS, VAERS reports, um, through September 9th, which was three days ago, 14,506 deaths, 58,440 hospitalizations, 77,919 visits to urgent care, um, anaphylaxis, nearly 6,000 reports of anaphylaxis, almost 8,000 cases of Bell's palsy. Like, dude, I don't want Bell's uh. palsy. Uh, nearly 2,000 miscarriages, 5,000 cases of myocarditis, 18,000 people permanently disabled. Like, this is not if you got lucky with the first two doses this is mm-hmm. truly russian roulette we have no yeah. risk stratification um as to who is going to be potentially gravely injured or killed yeah. by this vaccine we can and risk and put- stratify for yeah. covid but we can't this this vaccine is nope. really really a case of russian roulette this
0: is this is the most toxic vaccine i think has ever, that's ever been put out yeah. um I would argue it's the most
3: toxic pharmaceutical that's ever been. Absolutely,
0: I have. I've. I think I've told this. Told people this before. I don't know if I've mentioned it here, but I've been in clinical medicine for about ten years, which is not the most impressive length of a career, you know. But ten years is a decent amount of time. Up to this point, I have never seen a vaccine adverse reaction that I knew of, uh, but I've seen many already. Or I've seen uh, not many. I've seen multiple uh and several that i suspect and i have had friends tell me of many uh and so just in just within a year not even a year yet you know this is extremely toxic very dangerous and even the vares which is scary looking that's a, I think that that is a profound underreporting it's, yeah it's uh, just a snippet of I've the seen. real picture oh, i i have seen literally a patient come in get the vaccine quote unquote feel terrible and within 24 hours not be able to walk. And the doctors on the case would not even consider that it was potentially part of the vaccine, that it was yep. a res- it was due to the vaccine. Um, and, and I've seen multiple other cases. And I've talked to other people that are sort of on our side of this, who are saying, man, I, dude, I'm seeing these patients that are obviously vaccine related injuries, and no one will even put it in the chart. So if they're not putting it in the chart. They're not. They're definitely not putting it in vares. Exactly. So even this, these scary numbers that we're seeing in vares is a. It's just a drop in the bucket.
1: And if you Do put you it in the chart, can it get edited out later by somebody who's correcting your wrong thing?
3: No. You, that's, oh yeah. I mean, if you, you. I mean, the, people the, the, falsify, but that's a big deal if someone does. Yeah. That.
0: They people people can come back and request that you change something in your record. Um, but what what more what more what happens is. It's just a single line in your note on day three or four of a 25-day admission, and no one else ever says anything about it again. And so how likely is it to really get picked up or to end up anywhere in in a coding situation or to be uh, put into a more permanent record somewhere else? It's just not going to happen. It just gets buried and forgotten.
5: And despite all of this, I just want to add, you still have Trump and his administration Mm -hmm. figures still quoting how this is the trump vaccine and they're so proud of it and it's just i mean i hope anyone listening to this is at this point completely disabused of any notion that trump was good is good or ever will be good that's just my opinion
2: yep well let's also you you were uh, you were a trump supporter you were a trump supporter vanessa so i mean this this it's serious it's not like she was skeptical skeptical highly skeptical or anti-trump even all along um she was not orange man bad or any of that um you you did some work um did you ever work for the trump campaign or you were working for the the recount or what was it
5: So yes, I mean, every, um, every major Republican office across the country becomes a de facto campaign headquarters for that region. So yes, I directly campaign for him. And, um, and I think one of the things that kind of gives me some hope, I guess I have one, one example that gives me some hope, one example that doesn't, I'll start with the bad one first. So I I do still talk to some folks who I worked with in that regard, um, and these folks are very anti-vaccine mandates. They've done some of the protests across the health centers that we have here, but they're still Trump supporters. So that's really been disturbing that there's like not this critical thinking amongst this group of non-Catholic, you know, non, I would say non-very religious or Christian groups who really support President Trump, but still really want bodily autonomy and they're not putting those two pieces together yeah um yep. that's my first like oh this is not looking good but i guess the one thing that does make me somewhat hopeful is is i did manage a campaign uh for a candidate that we ran as like a trump platform candidate this was in the first week of february after the election and we really got our name out there we had a good advertising budget we were expecting a bunch of disgruntled trump people to show up and vote and this was a trend across the country, by the way, in speaking with a consulting firm for polls that we used, is Trump voters stayed home. And this was before we knew he was really pushing that vax, you know, at CPAC and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of hopeful that maybe people are kind of so apathetic, we've gone back to that classic American apathy, that that I, I don't know, maybe there's not going to be this rush for him in, in the future. Again, hard to tell because this kind of data and this kind of Real reporting is just not out there. It's all what you can discern from the Twitter mystic ball. So,
2: yeah, it's interesting. I was going to say, do you guys remember the article I posted about Moderna that was written in 2016? It's been about, I don't know, a month or so ago now. And I posted the entire article in full in case it, someone tries to memory hole it. And in this article about Moderna interviewing the psychopath. Um, founder and and head of Moderna. They're talking in this article from 2016 about how one of the primary problems that Moderna is facing with these with because Moderna is all mRNA. I mean, that's that's the name of the company. It's M-O-D-E-R-N-A that it's That's what it's about. That's their entire platform. It's their entire business model. They have nothing else except these mRNA injections. And they're talking about the fact that the big problem that they're having is that the um, nano-lipoparticles that, you know, you have to put the RNA into these nano-fat capsules in order to get it into the human body. and that these nano particles are not only toxic, but they're toxic in a cumulative way, meaning the more the more you get of those nano lipoparticles, the more the more toxic and the more damage it does. And they're going in on; they literally want to be forcing people to get this stuff injected, not just twice a year. Um, There's plenty of talk now about quarterly, and in the UK, they've already started talking about monthly. Monthly, um, basically forced subscription to this. And they know, and they've been talking about it openly, that the very vector that, that contains these mRNA particles is toxic and cumulatively toxic and they're just steaming ahead on this. I mean, just one, two injections, it seems, is enough to cause people to have thrombosis and heart inflammation and um, um, et cetera, et cetera. And they're, they're mashing the throttle on something that they openly were admitting a few years ago that they know is toxic and cumulatively toxic, so. What a bunch of evil, evil people. And, and they, they wonder why we sit here and say, this is not about health. This is about the opposite of health. It seems to me that it's that it's quite likely that this is, in fact, about killing people off, thinning the herd, eugenics, Malthusian, all of that. I mean, it it, it seems very, very obvious to me that they want to hurt people. So...
3: And they're going to force you to do it. That's the other thing. It's not, they're going to start squeezing us so hard. I mean, Biden's announcement of his federal mandates on Thursday afternoon, um, they're going to, to really start squeezing us so hard. It's not going to be Only your job in the future. It's going to be your bank account in general, your ability to buy food, Um, health insurance. Get get
2: ready, get ready, like super quick for health insurance companies. And oh, we we also talked about this on the on the um, failed recording that we did the other night about how Obamacare and all that was really setting setting the groundwork for all of this. So you've got Obamacare, which allegedly says that people have to purchase a service commodity, namely health insurance, which is insane in and of itself. Um, but now, okay, so you have to have you have to buy health insurance. But now, wait for it. I'm I'm sure before Christmas, health insurance companies will start telling people okay, it, we need to see proof of vaccination, and if you can't provide that, your, your premiums and your deductibles are going to go through the roof. And I mean, you think it's bad now. We're talking doubling easily. What, what, as awful as your health insurance is and as awful as your deductible situation is right now, double it that's what they'll do if you can't provide proof of vaccination. So you've got health insurance is going to become basically impossible with the government telling you that you have to have that and everybody laid down and went along with that um obviously banking the nigerians have just announced that um they're cutting off banking to people who do not have the death injection so i think banking is probably going to come into play by christmas oh and there's buzz there's buzz today just within the last few hours that um biden has another round of executive orders Above and beyond what was announced on Thursday, he's got another round of crap that's coming down the pike within the next week to ten days or so. So, I think I think that's what we're all anticipating.
1: And I'm sure we can all look forward to Ginger Circleback making oblique references and hinting that uh, yes, it'll, it only affects you if you whether or not you're unvaccinated or not,
2: w- with a with a big evil smirk
5: on her face as she says it. Yep.
1: Does she have any other kind?
5: Yeah. <laughs> well said. <laughs> It's almost like Vatican II happened to strip everybody of the common sense and realization of the true nature of evil that would have come in handy today to stop the New World Order. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
2: An interesting thesis. Wow. (laughs) It's almost like there's something terribly wrong ever since that happened. yes. Yes. (laughs) I, I also think there might be something wrong with this new mass that they came out with too. Someone, mm. someone should write an essay or 8,000 about that. You know, I'm, I, especially at this point, I think that would do a tremendous amount of good. Um, um, what else? Super nerd. Do we have any more, um, audio clips that we haven't gotten to?
1: Oh, quite a few, but I don't know how much of it, um, really, really ma- I, I, let's, let's do two real quick. Um, okay. this one from the former governor of California, Uh, Addressing himself to people who think their freedoms mean anything.
4: There is a virus here. It kills people. And the only way we prevent it is is to get vaccinated, to wear masks, to do social distancing, washing your hands all the time. And not just to think about, well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No. Screw your freedom.
1: Spoken like a true Austrian with megalomania uh, on the line. Yep.
2: Yep. He yeah, married a S- Kennedy. He yeah. married a Kennedy. Okay. You, there's to like gotta be guy. something wrong with you if you do that. All right. And everything uh, he
3: said is demonstrably false. The vaccine yep. is not the way to prevent in the mask. Like what the, we've been over this. I don't know. Bajillion times. There's no mm-hmm. science to any of that. It's demonstrably false. They're lying to you. Mm-hmm. You should not be sucking wind through a filthy face rag. Um, you should not be taking a vaccine that's not only responsible for the variants, but also provides z- pretty much zero immunity. Yep. Um, all of that. Just a profound line of crap. Yep.
0: It's, this is what happens when we, when we decide who runs our country by who is popular in movies or on sports teams Yeah, it's just so embarrassing, you know, and this guy, you know, I respect this guy because he's a success in business and in bodybuilding. But I mean, he's becoming a a total caricature and he's a he's he's a simpleton at this point. I'm sure he's he's out of his mind, too, with all the the good drugs that he can get from his doctors. You know, he's he's becoming he's becoming the real muscle bound idiot uh caricature you know like wash mm-hmm. your hands all the time you know it's like <laughs> dude what really are we serious are Wait, you, you need to person? do that
2: again we need to do that again <laughs> with you in isolation because that's if that if that isn't a repeatable repeat use audio clip i don't know what it is okay ready in three two one
0: wash your hands all the time I, I can't do it. I can't do it on command <laughs> for crying out loud.
1: Dance, monkey boy, dance.
0: <laughs> I can't do it. What are you waiting for? Wait, wash your hands. What are you waiting for? I'm right here. Wash your
5: hands.
4: Screw your freedom. The sick I mean,
5: irony is like he made his fortune off the freedom of America. You know, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a sick he, hypocrisy. That was his...
1: That he was made his fortune on pharmaceuticals. Oh, did he? Well, yeah. do you
0: think he really is he, naturally he was that the strong? Juice. Oh,
4: yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, no, that's true. I mean, but that's not like that was all illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was real horse medication.
2: That, no joke. That was like Mexican horse medication,
0: too. Mm-hmm. That
3: was. It's also telling to me that none of these people seem to be affected by any of this. Oh,
0: yeah. How oh, many yeah, no. members
3: of Congress have died? Zero. How many, mm-hmm. ex, how many A-listers, Hollywood A-list people, have died? Zero. Zero. Mm-hmm. If this were truly what we're being told that it is, how come none of those people have been touched by it?
5: Yep, they're on ivermectin. Uh, you know
2: why they're all on ivermectin?
5: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I stole they're all it from you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Great minds, Na- great minds. Nancy, yeah. Nancy
5: Pelosi's flavor is a gin and tonic, Ivermectin, uh, not the pumpkin spice, I'm sure. I thought,
1: I thought it was the high high dollar ice cream.
2: Oh yeah, with her it's the ice cream. Yeah, 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 yeah.
5: Ugh, well.
2: <laughs> I'm sure she makes um, gin floats or whatever. Oh, oh, that's nasty. Ugh, I don't even want to think about that. Um, I have yeah. one
1: more audio clip before we finish up with the whole COVID Biden cluster and um, mm-hmm. transition to uh, uh, tradition and custody. And, and I, I mentioned this before, the whole idea that uh, we are no longer treating people as individuals. And I grabbed this clip from a podcast, actually a podcast about podcasting. So it has nothing to do with the topic except that they the they, they, they were discussing health and health issues. And the guy talking here had a health issues uh, six years ago or so, and his specific condition involves hyperactive immune response. And Mm. in in his case, uh, he ended up having shingles and his doctor told him in absolutely no uncertain terms, do not get this vaccine. You will almost certainly be bedridden for months. But when you, that's not going to be a defense to government bureaucrats who honestly don't care about people. And he, he lays out in a really good way what they do care about.
0: What my government told me yesterday was, We don't care about you and your, we don't care about Dave. We only care about your number on a spreadsheet and you're going to do what we say or we're going to make sure that we get you fired from your job. To hell with the science, to hell with your life and your loved ones and you, we only care about numbers on the spreadsheet.
1: And how many times did Biden say what's the numbers of people who are vaccinated? What's the ratio? What's what what's the count of things here there and and, and everywhere else? It's all numbers in a spreadsheet.
2: Sure. Oh, absolutely. It's it's dehumanizing. It's 100% dehumanizing because they're all narcissists. And going back to, you know, the the 3-hour long presentation that I did on diabolical narcissism diabolical narcissists do not view other human beings as subjects, as, as human beings. They view other human beings as being animated meat puppets or three-dimensional cartoons. There's just no there there. There's no empathy, nothing. You are an object to them. And then, of course, I mean, talking about diabolical narcissism being the overarching pathology for all species of sexual perversion. It, it, all these, these pieces come together and fit together because in order to engage in sexually perverted acts, you have to dehumanize The other person. The other person has to just be an object. There's no way that if you actually care and genuinely, authentically love another human being that you can do disgusting, sexually perverse acts of any stripe, even even if it's um, heterosexual-oriented. You can't do sick, disgusting things unless you objectify, to at least a certain extent, the other person. And so, yeah, it's, it's all a function of just this systemic, um, massive percentage and especially in government of these people being diabolical narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, whatever, you know, additional adjective you want to put on there. Um, that's what it is. Other people aren't people at all. There's there's zero empathy in any way. So I think the guy hit the nail on the head, absolutely. What podcast was that from?
1: That's from a podcast called Podcasting 2.0. And, oh, okay. And our friend Adam Curry is the co-host of that, and the Dave in question is Dave Jones, and they are the ones uh, creating and extending Podcasting 2.0, which I made an attempt to try to describe that on one of the podcasts, and I'm just not a good spokesman for it.
2: Oh yeah, did we ever publish that or no? We we did we
1: did yeah we did yeah that was something where um I'm on on one of the podcasts I tried to uh, describe it and I in the edit process decided that was just such a rambling thing I took the whole thing out and then did describe it later and what it boiled down to was
2: almost Biden esque yeah yeah Yeah, it it was it was
1: was. (laughs) It, it basically boiled down to if you're using the Apple Podcast app use something else and at the time I had the the lame thing of saying. When you asked why, I just simply said because it sucks. Actually, Apple has literally broken their podcast app. So if you use the Apple podcast app, it doesn't automatically download episodes anymore. And in some cases, even when there are new episodes out and you try to manually download them, they don't download correctly. So there are dozens and dozens of of really good podcast apps out there. I personally use Overcast, but I also have Podverse. And I've got about, no joke, 10 uh, podcast uh, player applications on my phone because I'm evaluating all of them. Um, I, I give feedback to the podcasting 2.0 guys and, and some of the app developers themselves, and have found some bugs and reported that, and it, it's gone nicely there. But uh, in terms of practical advice, don't use Spotify, don't use the Apple Podcast, stay away from walled Gardens, who are going to try to um, steer you into their little uh, groupthink way of doing things. And if you don't, if they don't like what you're saying, like for example Joe Rogan on Spotify, if you start talking too much about ivermectin. Uh, so what? That we had a contract for a hundred million dollars over ten years. You're gone. Which he did probably, Rogan get?
2: Did Rogan get fired?
1: No, no, no. But there's a lot of you know. Every every six months, he says something that all the Spotify employees start clamoring and screaming. Uh, we need to get rid of him for one reason or another. But uh, no, he, I, I think Spotify is immune to that. At least the the managers at this point. Uh, they the Rogan is going to be Rogan. He's going to say things, and and people are going to be upset.
2: Well. We're we're all impressed with what you do, as and just as long as you remember to hit the record button. That's everything's good with Super Nerds. So I hit
1: two record buttons this time. So one way <laughs> or another, we've got a copy of things.
2: Well, I'm looking at the clock. I don't think that we should launch into um, TC because it's such a massive it's a massive topic. I think it's a standalone episode. Um, so I think we should just record again as soon as we can get the round table together. And I, and I know that non-Venny Mark wants to be in on that and maybe Dr. Matza too. So I think we should wrap this one up, go around um, um, Dr. Beep, Nurse Claire, Vanessa, Concluding thoughts and and Doctor Beep, if if I may, um, you said something in in our failed um, recording the other night before you had to before you had to bug out. I thought it was a really really good point, and you made the point speaking to young men. Um, do you wanna do you wanna repeat that again because I thought it was really good?
0: Oh man, I was really speaking off the cuff there. I don't even remember exactly, but I. You just said make I mean, yourself
2: I, useful, you know. Oh, that yeah. Um, such words. Yeah, yeah.
0: I know that, you know, we've been talking about doing like a medical preparation sort of uh, episode where we
4: yes. tell
0: people how to sort of get get ready uh, to take care of themselves at home, which I think is a, a smart thing to do anyway. Um, so we have plenty of things that we want to talk about there. But, yeah, you know, I think you know, I see a lot of young guys, uh, and this is just – very vaguely related to what we we talked about and what we're going to talk about but uh, a lot of young dudes are at risk of losing their jobs a lot of them don't have jobs Um, i I just think that we need to encourage young men especially to to figure out a way to become useful to get themselves squared away hit the gym you know learn a skill stop Mm -hmm. playing video games or at least curtail it significantly if you're if you are um you know stop watching pornography. You know, that's a, that's a big deal. It rots your brain literally. Um, and, and get away from the freaking pro sports, uh, so much. Uh, I think that also damages your brain, but yeah, Mm -hmm. just make yourself useful to your community, to your people, to your church, get involved, uh, and make something of yourself because we're going to need young men and their testosterone and their energy and their, their uh, masculinity, physical
2: strength, and yeah, absolutely. Everything, yeah. In yeah. The, in
0: the coming years, I, we're going to need people, especially young men, that are willing to fight and and to defend their communities. Uh, so make yourself that uh, if yes. you're not that already. That's my that's my spiel.
1: And between now and then, we'll figure out whether or not part of that regimen is eating uh, raw eggs to get your testosterone out.
0: <laughs> broccoli, broccoli is a good one, but. Just raw meat. Just eat raw meat. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Can you do that in the Arnold Schwarzenegger voice? <laughs> oh,
0: gosh. <laughs> Maybe I'll... I'll I tell you what. I'll send you... a a video clip or something of me saying it. You guys can add that in later. How about that?
2: Oh, you can make on the, on the, we use signal and you can record those little voicemails. You should, you should do an entire series of Arnold Schwarzenegger. uh, Oh gosh. Eat, eat raw meat. (laughs) Eat
0: raw meat. You, you get the job. You
1: have your freedom. You eat eat raw meat. Get the job. Get to the job. uh. (laughs)
2: Oh, I think a new tradition has been born here this this evening.
0: (laughs) I need more whiskey. (laughs)
1: Doctor Matza sings, and Doctor Beep does Arnold. Yeah, Nurse uh,
2: Claire, what do you do? (laughs) What's your part? I just
3: rant. I don't know. (laughs)
2: <laughs> do you have a concluding thought, dear, as
3: we wrap this one up? I I do. I want to just offer a little bit per, of perspective on the vaccine mandates, because I know after Thursday night, Twitter was just on fire with people saying, he can't do this. This isn't mm-hmm. constitutional. It's against the law. It's illegal. We'll just sue is, him. Don't worry that about adorable? it. Isn't
2: that adorable? It, the rule of It is of law. adorable. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean... Yeah, we do live in a republic, guys, but it's a banana republic at this point. So the rule of law is pretty much dead in case you haven't noticed. Um, So I just want to tell people the vaccine mandates. Yes, I'm going to be fired from my job. I have no doubt. And I'm going to let them fire me. I'm not going to quit. I'll jump on board of a class action suit, I guess. I I don't know. I mean, I think that this is the time for civil disobedience. This is the time for noncompliance. But I want people to understand what a fantastic uphill battle this really is. Because um, to borrow a phrase, Anne, that I've heard you use, when you telescope out and you pull back a little bit and you look at the big picture, I think our Lord is revealing to us just how broken things are because... um, I know myself, I've realized certain things have happened uh, that I now think have all just been laying the groundwork. These Marxists, these, these globalist New World Order types, these are very, very patient people. And they've yes. been setting the stage for what we're currently living through for generations, to be mm-hmm. honest. So mm-hmm. there was a court case in literally 1905, 1905. um, It involved a a pastor in Cambridge, Massachusetts. This guy was an immigrant from Sweden. And in 1902, the city of Cambridge was dealing with an outbreak of smallpox. So their board of health decided that they were going to adopt a regulation that required either vaccination or revaccination of all Cambridge residents. And this guy This pastor, uh, his name was Henning Jacobson. As I said, he was an immigrant in Sweden. And as a child, he was vaccinated in Sweden against smallpox, and it caused him to have an adverse event. Now, I don't, I mean, I didn't dig that deeply into the history of what exactly he was living with, but apparently it took him years to recover from this childhood smallpox vaccine. So when Cambridge decided to mandate this, he sued them because he didn't want this. He didn't want to be forced to take a vaccine that in the past had caused him so much problems. And he was also concerned about the, what effect it would have on his children. Mm-hmm. Um, this case, now this was 1902, this case in, ended up going to the Supreme Court of the United States in 1905. And the United States Supreme Court upheld that vaccine mandate in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And it was a majority decision. It was a 7-2 decision. And the, the uh, Chief Justice, John Marshall Harland, who delivered the decision, he said, and I'll just briefly read this, quote, in every well-ordered society charged with the duty of conserving the safety of its members, the rights of the individual in respect of his liberty may at times, under the pressure of great dangers, be subjected to such restraint to be enforced by reasonable regulations as the safety of the general public may demand. That court case, that Supreme Court decision has been cited now in multiple cases. And most recently, It's been used to uphold some of the COVID-19 mandates, um, the lockdowns, the Mm -hmm. mask mandates have all come back to this one Supreme Court decision. And so I have no doubt that it will be used to uphold the vaccine mandates. And following this Supreme Court decision over the subsequent decades, we saw um, childhood vaccines become requirements for public schools. Um, requirements for higher education and and they were always subject to medical or religious exemptions that people could reply could apply for but even those over the years have been eroded and coincidentally or maybe not coincidentally um, in the fall of 2019 just prior to covid the New York state legislature, mm-hmm. Passed a bill that repealed, removed, completely squashed any ability for citizens of the state of New York to religiously exempt from any vaccine, and that was signed into law by Governor Cuomo. What
2: it, a coincidence!
3: What, it, what a amazing, quinky dink! I'm sure. I'm sure dink, yeah. it's just yeah. a quinky dink. um And it, it was a blip on the news radar, you know primarily because it was the Orthodox Jews in New York City that were really affected by this because they don't typically vaccinate their children. And so now their children are being forced vaccinated. Um, And even going back to the Affordable Care Act, as I said, when you pull back the telescope and look at the broad picture here, you see how the groundwork for what we're living in has been laid. So part of the Affordable Care Act mandated, well, it tied in medicare and medicaid reimbursement to hospitals based on their employee vaccination rate for seasonal flu and so Uh a lot of hospitals were facing massive loss in revenue if they didn't force their employees to be vaccinated so hospitals all over the united states in 2013, mandated the seasonal flu vaccine for their staff, which at that point in history had about a 50 to 60% compliance rate among those employees, and it's now nearly 99%. And a lot of hospitals were extremely totalitarian with not allowing employees to be exempted from that. And occasionally, you would see a random nurse somewhere, or a nurses union that would attempt to file a lawsuit about this, it, it was never ever repealed. Those lawsuits were never successful. Um, so n- hospital staff have been dealing with a vaccine mandate for eight years, unsuccessfully, mm-hmm. um, unsuccessful attempts at legally repealing that. And in June, there were 200 nurses in Houston that refused the COVID vaccine when it was mandated for them, they've all been fired. Their case was dismissed from court right off the bat. I mean, the horse wasn't even out of the gate and the judge threw out the case didn't even really hear any of the arguments. So I'm not saying that it can't be done, but I'm saying this is a very big mountain that we have here to climb. And, People who want to write these mandates off as, well, it's not constitutional. He can't do this. It'll never, it's, it'll never it's fly. A, it's a clear um, violation of Nuremberg. I mean, right. I mean <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah, no one cares. No one yep. cares. Um, no one's cared in the past. It's already been done. The precedent has been set. Um, I'm glad you brought up the
2: the flu shots because one of the things that the flu shots did that was so nefarious is that it, um, it accustomized people to the idea of vaccines with no sterilizing immunity. Basically you go get the flu shot and then you get the flu anyway. The flu shot.
3: Yeah. it, It has been shown over decades to really just be a waste it's not yep. very effective um and so in order to sell the flu shot we heard the mantra repeated well you can still get the flu but if you get the flu shot your case of the flu won't be very severe you won't yep. get that sick you'll just mm-hmm. get a little touch of the flu and it, to me it's that's always been so ridiculous because then it's not a vaccine it's not a vaccine. Exactly. It's not giving you immunity. It's not a vaccine. Um, but it conditioned people to that idea. And we're hearing the exact same argument with this vaccine. Well, you can still get COVID. You can still transmit COVID. You just won't get sick from with COVID. You won't get that sick. Well, I don't know. I mean, people are on ventilators and they're dying. So, mm. Um. I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I have to be realistic in telling people um, the precedent for these vaccine mandates as a condition of employment has already been set. Yep.
5: Unfortunately.
2: Yeah. Well said. Good point. All right. Miss Vanessa, concluding thought?
5: Well, I guess I've been thinking about things in two quick ways. One is, um, you know, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst, which Mm -hmm. is an old old proverb in my family. So, you know, my husband and I have been talking about streamlining, getting rid of debt. And if that means moving or whatever it is, like you said, Anne, you know, people need to be financially flexible for if these squeezes surely will include these financial issues. So I guess I just would advise people to also have those conversations and try to get ahead of the curve on some of those things. Um, Prepping um, and then spiritually, you know, I think for me, I've just been trying to do three, the full, you know, three mysteries, um, three deck- or three sets of rosaries a day, mm-hmm. um, trying to go to every first Saturday, even if it's beyond the fifth, you know, in reparation. Um, and that's kind of it. I mean, I know Mark said he had a an idea for a soul go bag he wanted to talk about. So I'd, I'd love to hear more of that. But that's what I've been doing. And I guess also just wanted to say that I feel for everybody who's had to deal with family ruptures over the vaccine. I'm right there with you. It's, it's, you know, we just have to offer it up and do what's best for, for our immediate families and, and, and just pray. Amen. Well said. Super nerd.
1: I was checking in with my handler. I mean, my friend who's from Israel uh, about the question of the (laughs) vaccine rates over there. And he said among the ultra Orthodox, they, it's a lower rate, but even they're getting vaccinated. And most of the most of the rabbis are saying you can't even come to the synagogue if you don't get the jab. So the ultra orthodox Jews are notorious for just bucking the system and throwing one of the five fingers at authority and saying our religious observances trumps everything. But not in this case, which is quite interesting.
2: That's interesting. Indeed. Interesting. Indeed. Well, sir, I'm we're coming up on two hours. I think we should wrap her up.
1: I think so, too. The email address for the podcast where you can send feedback, comments, suggestions, good news items, which, you know, they're getting short in supply. The email address is podcast at barnhart.biz. And as you heard, we have uh, audio clips now. If you want to send in a voicemail, which we might include on a future uh, podcast, the number is 302 MIT NERD. That's 302-648-6373 or just check the show notes. I'll have more information on that. Anne expresses her profound gratitude to her benefactors at least one Mass every single day is offered for the benefactors, plus one traditional Catholic Requiem Mass for everybody who died the previous week. Um, Pray for the priests. Um, I inadvertently sent fake news yesterday to the Signal group that uh, one of the SSPX priests that I knew growing up had died. No, he didn't die. He had a massive heart attack, and there's a question of whether or not uh, he has brain, uh, brain damage. Um, He went through a very risky surgery after that. But apparently, as of right now, last I heard, he's still alive. Um, But pray for these priests. If they're not falling due to age, in this case, this particular priest was getting up there in years quite a ways. Um, Or some of them are dying from COVID. Uh, One of the SSPX priests um, just recently, I can never remember how to pronounce his name. It starts with a B. He just died from COVID uh, recently. Um, And it's not just the SSPX, the fraternity and uh, the Institute of Christ the King and and the other Ecclesia Day groups. We're going to talk about them in the next podcast. They've got a very different kind of bullseye on their back, and some of them are are dealing with with COVID as well. Um, Oh, speaking of which, Canon for Jelly. Um, he has, oh yeah, he's awake, he's talking,
2: he is awake, he can't talk because he's still on the, he's still on a vent, but he is, he is awake, he communicates, yeah, he is, it's an absolute miracle, it's an absolute miracle, he's awake communicating, and the last, um, news I heard was that the doctors now want to start trying to wean him off of the, um, lung ECMO bypass, and they're gonna try to start Get trying to get his lungs to see if they can't reboot. And I mean, guys, the fact that Cannon for Jelly is alive at all, much less up, up communicating. Like I said, he can't talk because he's, he's intubated, but totally communicating. I mean, we're, we're already into miracle territory right there. So, I mean, if, if the Holy Ghost is at work here, and he's he's seen fit to to do the miracle of getting Cannon for Jelly to this point, um, you know it's it's go big or go home. Why, why shouldn't we be asking for the mir- the miraculous healing of Cannon for Jelly's lungs? Which I mean, this would be Nurse Claire, you can testify, and Doctor Beep too, I'm sure, for a man to be on ECMO on on lung bypass for months it's been months that this man has been on lung bypass if he could get back to where those lungs his lungs function again that i think that would be a full-blown miracle don't you
3: yes absolutely Absolutely. the fact that he's mentating the fact that he's mentating yeah big time
2: yeah
0: Yeah, i mean typically most people that i see go on ecmo for you know an emergency situation Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not pretty even in the short yeah. term let alone long term
2: yep and he's been on it for months which is basically unprecedented and wow it's it is absolutely amazing so keep praying for canon for jelly and apparently the hospital that he's in, um, the patron saints of the hospital are Saints Cosmos and Damien, who were the twin. They're, they were twins and they were both physicians. And their most famous, um, their most famous miracle is that they, um, a man lost his leg, he had a gangrenous leg, and somehow Saints Cosmos, Damien, assisted by angels, were able to transplant The leg of an Ethiopian who had died onto this, onto this guy who lost his gangrenous leg, which I mean, you know, we're talking in in like the, the second century or something like that. So obviously something that was not technologically possible at that time. Well, it's not technologically possible now. You can't you can't transplant one person's leg onto another person. What am I talking about? It's not technologically possible now, but it, that's their most famous miracle. And they had several. So the hospital that Canon for Jelly is in is um I don't know if it's consecrated to Cosmos and Damien or uh, what the exact terminology would be, but they are the patrons of the hospital. So they're at work on, they're at work on this too. So keep praying. Yes.
1: Well, I think he was shipped from Africa back over to Italy, which is where the Institute head house is. And the, I would think that even though Italy has lost its identity as a Catholic country, they didn't tear down every single building and build back better. They still are using all the old hospitals, which presumably were consecrated to saints, uh, and oh I yeah, think.
2: and I think I'm not sure, but up and e- either it's still this way or it was until very, very recently that there was a mandate that there had to be a crucifix on every floor of every hospital, and it used to be that there had to be a crucifix in every school classroom too. Um, and I know it might still be that way, and if it isn't, then it was just done away with very, very recently. So yeah, yeah.
1: I want to say in the '80s that I, I had heard in in in, at, um, in school that that mandate had been done away with, but people still maintain some of it out of tradition. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe someday, if they if we ever get past all this, I'll get a chance to go over there and, and take a look. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I'd, I'd kind of cool. like to just stay here. Um, but the the larger point I was uh, we tangented off of there was that that uh, definitely pray for the priests. Uh, some of them are dealing with physical issues. A lot of them are dealing with issues that come from bishops. So yeah. um, they, they're also they're being
2: seminarians. Can you imagine the pickle and the stress that seminarians, you know, in the traditional seminaries are going through right now? And even and even the diocesan guys who are traditional, who are, you know, traditional mass friendly, who were planning on being ordained as a diocesan priest and saying the old mass And now they're being told that they are that anti Pope Bergoglio has said no, you're not going to be able to do that. Um, You know they're in a pickle and they're in a quandary, and it's got to be very, very stressful all around for everyone.
1: So definitely pray for the priests. Um, They they're praying for us, Um, and and without them, our ability to get to heaven is going to be a much more difficult uh, path. Um, And also. Forget, don't forget that uh, the podcast has a patron um, mm-hmm. Saint Tiny Princess, um, my daughter. She died uh, just over, just over eight months old and uh, we, we talked about her at the time. She had a severe genetic condition and uh, was only supposed to live a few days, but she outlived everybody with the big brains down at the, the children's hospital who thought otherwise. Uh, please pray for her pray to her, I should say, let me correct that. Um, and she, definitely I'm telling her pray for the priest too. we, we need all the help. Um, the Barnhart Podcast is a production of Super Nerd Media if you found something of value in this episode or in previous episodes and would like to return some value because this is a value for value podcast please visit supernerdmedia.com to learn more and I want to recognize a few donors since the last podcast via the mailbox Uh, MP who says thank you for sharing your faith I wish I could have listened to you about 35 years ago I think I was 12 at the time but I get what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) I get what you're saying and, and uh, thank you for your contribution. Also, Rick, Joel, uh, Joel says his donation is in the name of St. Tiny Princess and says, I value your insights. And also, Diane, um, auto-recurring donors via PayPal. This is a, a really important um, bedrock so that there's <laughs> revenue to pay for things like Clean Feet, even if I can't figure out how to use it every time we record. Um, <laughs> Pamela is a new auto recurring donor. Thank you very much. And, uh, returning, we have Jeffrey, Richard, Sally, Marion, Gail, and David. And then we have a few one, one time donors via PayPal an anonymous donor, uh, again, and Laura and Michael. And then somebody who says, as per usual, please no, no mention of my name. Got it.
4: Okay. Uh,
1: no Bitcoin and nothing via any other means, which means we're down to Matthew seventeen twenty.
2: Matthew seventeen twenty. pray without ceasing, fast twice a week if you can, fourfold intention that Bergoglio be publicly recognized and removed as anti-pope and the whole anti-papacy be nullified, that Pope Benedict Ratzinger be publicly recognized as having been the one and only living pope since April of 2005. And by the way, fun fact, he is now the oldest pope ever. He passed Leo thirteenth. He is now the oldest pontiff ever. Um so that he be publicly recognized as having been the one and only living Pope since April 2005, that Bergoglio repent, revert to Catholicism, die in a state of grace in the fullness of time, not rooting for anybody's death here, and that he and that Bergoglio someday somehow achieve the beatific vision, and that likewise Pope Benedict Ratzinger repent of anything he might need to repent of, um, and that he die in the state of grace in the fullness of time, and someday achieve the beatific vision. Nothing less will do. Our Lady of Copacabana, pray for us.
1: Amen. And on behalf of Nurse Clara, Vanessa, and Dr. Beep, I am Super Nerd.
2: And I'm Thanks, guys. God bless. Get in the van.